Welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. And today I'm bringing a very special person to your ears. His name is Tristan Lee and he's known as The Gorgeousness Coach. Now, I was fortunate enough to go onto his radio station and his radio show back in December. Um, we, I, was, we, I was the last guest for the end of 2019 and it was so much fun. And Tristan's a wonderful person with a great insight, full of wisdom, and everything. So we spend the, a good hour talking about how to unleash your inner gorgeousness. Um, and we talk about all things, about social media, mental health, uh, how to manage yourself, how to build your confidence, taking control over your life. It really is a top, top episode. So I really hope you enjoy it as much as uh, I enjoyed talking to Tristan. And um, other than that, I hope you enjoy it. But also, if you are enjoying The Fitness Solution, please leave um, a review on wherever you listen to the show because they really really help and they really really help more people find what i hope is a quite unique and interesting take on fitness uh, mental well-being and everything in between uh, right that's it from me let's get on with the show And welcome to The Fitness Solution. And today I am bringing you uh, a very special friend of mine. His name is Tristan Lee. And he was um, wonderful to invite me onto his radio show for the men's radio station back in December. And I thought I'd repay the favor and get him onto The Fitness Solution to come and chat with my lovely audience. So um, welcome, Tristan. Thanks for being here. Thank you for the invitation. You said you'd pay me back. Uh, I was hoping for like maybe an M&S gift voucher. Uh, <laughs> but this is a very, very, very good payback. And I'm very pleased to be here. Good, good. It's an unfortunate second place, I'm afraid. Um, but... Hardly. <laughs> so um, a little about Tristan. He uh, is known as the gorgeousness coach. And above everyone I know, um, he has defied the logic of aging and I, I don't quite know how he's done it so we're going to get into how to be gorgeous how to unleash your inner gorgeousness everything about just what Tristan does who he is but I'm not going to tell you so why don't we start with you so Tristan let's hear a little bit about yourself please so I am um, the gorgeousness coach and the reason I call myself that is because it sounds a little bit more glamorous than health and wellness life coach. <laughs> I wanted to, I want, it just is a little bit, people are like, what's a gorgeousness coach? I'm like, you're looking at it. <laughs> so for me, or, the word gorgeous. Or, or listening to it. Yes, looking, listening, just experiencing yeah. the whole deal. Um, so my background is as, as an entertainer. So I worked as a singer and performer for many years, but I've always been interested in taking care of myself and both physically and emotionally. And, and then had a bit of a kind of midlife moment where I was like, well, fork in the road, which way do I go? And I kind of moved into sort of helping people with their health and well-being, their self-esteem. So basically the word gorgeous is a word that, you know, we can define in any different way. It could be from what you wear to how you feel. So it's, it's not just superficial, nothing wrong with that. But when I work with clients, it's very much about helping people to 
recognize and enjoy their own innate value excellent do you um that's a great start and uh, i mean where to begin so um innate value like do you do you have a process to get people to start to understand that and, and come with that because a lot of my clients yes, I, I, do. Work with, I do they are yeah. quite low on confidence they probably feel a bit devalued by the world and it's something i've experienced recently and something that i think we all probably go through from time to time so how do we so. get in yeah. touch with our innate value i think i think through honesty understanding that we are all struggling every single person in the world is struggling on some level with not feeling good enough and in our culture at the moment i think we are it's almost epidemic mm. um where we're constantly bombarded with images of physical perfection uh, other people doing exciting things you know we live in an image obsessed culture and i think people are feeling really inadequate so i think it starts with honesty we're all feeling inadequate we're all trying to prove ourselves we're all trying to be good enough so when i work with people i'm saying listen i struggle with this uh, that's why i do what i do um, i'm quite happy to be open about it i don't feel ashamed of it giving people permission not to be perfect and to be flawed, I think is a good place to start. And the way that I, I try and add a practical element to that, which is okay, the way we learn to experience our value is by the choices we make. So I'm not saying being fit or looking good makes you a better person, it doesn't. It makes you maybe a happier person or a more confident person. But you know, whether you're rich or poor, skinny or fat, it doesn't give you value what it gives you is maybe a bit more confidence and a bit more health, maybe a little bit more self-esteem, but your worth is intact regardless. So, you know, this is about helping people to explore that they're born worthy, they're born valuable, and to be careful of the environments we're in because I do think we need to learn to absorb social media, but give ourselves time to digest it. If we're constantly absorbing, 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 people can feel really overwhelmed and really dissatisfied. Now, when I say social media, I'm also including reality television, the news, magazines, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So being aware of what we're taking in has an effect on us. And but whether that's social media, whether that's our environment, whether that's food, just giving people some space to explore that. Yeah, I, with my clients, um, a lot of them seem a bit too addicted to Love Island. And I, uh, I, I tell them quite often, I, I'm a proponent of the mantra that you are the multiplication of the people you spend most of your time with. Um, I'm sure you've heard that before. And when you break it down in terms of hours, the amount of people that are watching Love Island day in, day out, you know, they're also following all of them on Instagram, social media, and I don't just mean Love Island, it's just easy to talk about at the moment because it's quite a vogue, but it was Towie back in the day, Big Brother before that, whatever it might have been. These people, they're probably spending more time with these people they've never met that are based completely on falsehoods and judgments and, and in a very fake environment. Um, they're probably spending more time with those than they are their own family, than they are their yeah. best friends, than they are everything. And, and what they don't realize is the way this is then saturated in the way they see the life, um, the world. 
and the way it's actually affecting them. They're spending too much time. You know, if they, like, these become their friends, you know, like, I, I feel I, very yeah, into TV Yeah, I mean, characters. I totally... It's very addictive. It's, you know, I mean, whether I'm not here, I mean, I'm sure you're not either here to criticize or condemn reality TV, but it, we need to see that we should maybe um, consume that in moderation. Mm. Think about a balanced diet, you know, 20% of a, of a healthy diet maybe is a bit of junk food. So I, I'm going to, whether it's not the right phrase or not, say something like Love Island is junk food mm. to, in, to maybe enjoy it, but not too much but to make sure you've got lots of other things going on, healthy, healthy input, where we are more invested in ourselves, taking care of ourselves than invested in people's lives who don't know us. Yeah. Um, and I think it does take a little bit of discipline to say, actually, how much of that makes me feel good? And at what point does that tip into me feeling inadequate? Yeah. At what point do I feel less than? And some people, maybe aren't even aware that actually what they might be left with is feeling not good enough. And I don't really be, I mean, I tend to sort of watch more kind of historical programs or arty programs because actually that makes you feel good. And I think just helping people to be aware of how they feel when they watch programs like that, if they feel fantastic and they feel really good about themselves, great. But I do think a lot of those shows breed dissatisfaction. Mm. And a little bit of that is okay, but too much of it can potentially be quite damaging. So I just think we need to, and that's a very personal choice about what level makes you feel a little bit, oh, maybe I need a boob job or, oh, I don't look like that. God, they, they look at them having a great time. Look at my life. It's, it's, it's a kind of a very difficult thing to find that balance. But I do think we need to at least explore what part of that might be too much. Yeah. Do you think these programs are designed and they pry on um, people non-stop comparing themselves to those that they see on the screen? You know, I think there's lots of different levels. People like to see attractive people. That's mm. just a given. People like to see young, um, you know, fit, attractive men and women. It's amazing. And I've got as many clients as I've got. Well, this is what it is, you see. Uh, <laughs> you are kind of like the equivalent but not on an island. But there's still a lot of love going on. Oh, you're too kind. I see you as like, I see you as like sort of in the fitness world, a kind of like, Robin like Trotter. kind of, <laughs> 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 like a sort of, sort of like, just like the, the, the beehive and bees are buzzing towards you. Yeah. Yeah, mate, I'm not here. It's not for me to judge, is it? But yeah, I was only <laughs> cracking a joke. We don't need to psychoanalyze my fitness business. <laughs> but I do think, you know, I, I just think we need to be, give ourselves time to digest information yeah. and go, okay, what do I miss? I mean, I started noticing maybe three or four years ago that certain fitness people I was following on social media, I was like, actually, some of that was inspiring. And, and yet maybe two thirds of it, I started to feel really inadequate and like, oh. I don't, I don't look like that. Um, look at them having a great time. Oh God, maybe I'm not having as much fun as they are. Am I missing out? Am I not good enough? And I was like, actually, I don't like, I don't want to feel that. I don't, I don't want to feel that. So I kind of unfollowed a few people and I focused on things that actually made me feel good. Um, 
and there's nothing wrong with fitness influencers, models, celebrities, but you know, I think people are so interested in other people's lives, they forget to invest in their own. Mm. Because I think we think, oh, but, well, that's a celebrity, that's a, a fit person, they have more worth than me, they're having more exciting lives than me, I'll just focus on what they're doing because I haven't got much going on in my own life. Um, and that's, that's quite sad, I suppose, in some ways. It's understandable because we've always done it, but I think it's ramping up. It really is. And I think, I think it's ramping up because we're exposed to it in every way, shape and form. Like, you know, take 20 years ago when I was a wee snapper. Um, uh. <laughs> um, we, you know, like the only people you can compare yourselves to were your mates on the playground and whose house you went round to after school, pretty much. Everything on telly was cartoons and you know stuff like that and then kind of big brother came along and then pop idol come along and then and and now it's like we're we're comparing ourselves to people on the telly we're comparing mm -hmm. ourselves to people on pretty much every single app on our phone you know like you're going to jump most people will probably jump from twitter to instagram to facebook mm -hmm. yeah. 90 percent of the time on their phone um mm -hmm. and they're just constantly subconsciously jump in from one comparison to another comparison to another comparison. Or they're subconsciously passing judgment on people. A, a big problem I have in the gym with new clients and stuff is they feel very exposed when they're working out in the middle of the gym floor and stuff and they think everyone's looking at them. And the truth is, they're not. That's, you know, and I, part of me does believe that they're thinking that because that's what they would do to other people if they thought they were in, in the other position. So if roles were reversed. So it's kind of, it's kind of projection, isn't it? That what yeah. we fear is often something we, we do. What we fear from others is something maybe we do ourselves to others. Absolutely. I was, I was listening to an incredibly interesting guy the other day on a YouTube video, a guy called Alain de Bouton. So he's in his 40s. I think he's a, he's a modern day philosopher. And he was saying something that I thought was so interesting. And he was saying, the problem with part of the problem with today's culture, and there's some really good things going on as well. Part of the problem with today's culture is it's no longer acceptable to be ordinary. Mm. And I was like, God, that's so true. That unless you're rich, famous, successful, living yep. the dream, like ordinary is just not good enough anymore. No. And I just thought, God, isn't that we're all just trying to be extraordinary? Mm -hmm. And what's wrong with an ordinary life? We're told all the time. That's not good enough. You need to be more than you are. You need to be richer. You need to be busier. You need to be fitter. You need to be slimmer. You need to be la, la, la. And I thought, God, we've made an ordinary life something that is not acceptable anymore. Yeah. And I just thought, God, isn't that interesting? Yeah. That, that most people are living ordinary lives and feel, and feel that they shouldn't be mm. because there are a very, very few people that are living extraordinary lives. And now we somehow think that we... All should be living extraordinary lives. But our exposure, thought, our exposure to those people living extraordinary lives is so much more heightened. You might see those people once in a lifetime, but now we can literally access them 12, 14, 18 hours a day. So we are exposed to maybe, let's say, some extraordinary people, whether it's, it's wealth, whether it's their bodies, whether it's their lifestyle, whether it's their how many instagram followers they've got and somehow feel that that's the norm yeah um and that i don't measure up we don't measure up and i'm like 
I just thought it was very interesting. So for your listeners, watchers, viewers, participants, check out Alain de Bouton. It's got a bit of a, bit of a mouthful, oh, but he's a really kind of interesting guy. He talks about the myth of love. He talks about sex. He talks about culture. But ultimately, I, I really like what he does. And, and mm. actually, it's okay to live an ordinary life. Most people are. And if you're not living an extraordinary life, maybe we can make some changes, but let's just realize that's okay. That's enough. If you want to live an ordinary life and just enjoy your life, people are like, oh, I can't just enjoy what I have because look what they've got. And how can I be happy with this when they've got that? It's like, what happened? Mm. I think it's sad, isn't it? But I do think if we can help people to, to kind of, let's get back on track with who we are. Well, what do I enjoy? I don't care what Kylie Jenner's having for breakfast. Yeah, like, well done. She's she's twenty one. She's a billionaire. Or, oh my god! I'm. Or what Gemma Collins is pumping in her veins these days. Yeah, whatever she wants to do, let her get on with it. And I just think we need to maybe. One of the things I've been working with with my clients is a new kind of thing that I'm doing for myself, which is called less or more. Okay, so so this might be useful for you and people that. <laughs> is this is this like Bruce's higher or lower? <laughs> it's a little bit like that only without the substantial chin. Excellent. <laughs> which is a shame because I do like a substantial chin. So I think people are looking to make changes. Like I should be this and I should be that. And so I'm thinking, well, you know what? What would you like a bit more of in your life? What would you like a bit less of? So rather than like making drastic changes, maybe for me, I wrote on my list, you know, more time with my friend's dogs, for example. Who I absolutely, you know, Wes, Wes is dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I more, literally more, came into my head. <laughs> yeah, and like, it makes me happy. So I want to spend a bit more, you know, a bit yeah. more time with that. More time in art galleries or seeing exhibitions because I don't do that enough. Mm. So, and maybe a little bit less time at home, working from home and a bit more time, you know, actually with people because I work from home most of the time. Mm. So for me, it's not about making massive changes a lot of the time. It's about looking at maybe a few little things we could do a bit more of or a few little things we could do a bit less of. So I've, I've been uh, with my coaching clients this week, been giving them, I give them homework um, each week, little tasks to do. It's all bespoke. It's not the same for everyone, yeah. but I have said to several clients this week, give me a list of 10 things that you want to do a bit more of and, and a list of 10 things you'd like to do a little bit less of. And I think it gives you a clue to where you're at and what's important to you and what you could maybe make a few little tweaks with. Mm. Yeah, I use a similar analogy in fitness. I discuss with my clients the fitness styles, and I always tell them to imagine a soundboard, um, and, and you know, there's loads of little dials on a soundboard that create the harmony of a sound. And sometimes you need the bass to be up, sometimes you need the treble to be down, sometimes you need this, that, and the other. So if we take fitness as like a diet, as exercise compliance, as keeping your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your NEAT up. If we take the, the, the components that go into fitness and fitness health, for instance, I'm like, look, sometimes parts of it will be up at a nine, up at an eight. You might feel the energy to go to the gym five times a week. You might feel the energy to go for two hour walks every day, whatever. But at some point that's gonna come down and then you're gonna to have to balance somewhere else you know, to, to get towards your goal. And you're gonna to have to just keep all your fitness styles well balanced. And, and it's okay to have some up and some down as long as the, the total number ends up the same. Um, 
yeah, a very similar, similar kind of philosophy. So I think, you know, we, it's just a bit of awareness, a bit of um, flexibility. Yep. Um, I think we live in a world of extremes. You know, it's, you know, weight loss in five minutes, get rich in, in, in two weeks. Actually, life isn't really like that. Life is a bit more subtle. A few mm. little changes, a bit of self-awareness. And that, you know, I, I recommend to my clients, you know, when they have their morning cup of tea or cup of coffee, think about, you know, a daily check-in. So, you know, when you go through customs or the airport, and if you're lucky, you get a pat-down. <laughs> <laughs> I've often gone back for seconds. I nearly always keep 5p in my pocket just to make sure. <laughs> just, just, I mean, I'm like, I think you might miss something. Um, but, you know, through customs and like anything to declare. So I'm recommending to people just to take a moment to say, how do I feel today? Mm. What's going on with me? Do I need a, you know, what do I need? Most people need a bit of love, need a bit of guidance, a bit of reassurance, a bit of time in nature to eat some decent food, get a little bit of fresh air, you know, check in, find out what's happening with you and, you know, choose things that make you feel good, healthy things that make you feel good about yourself. Sometimes that might involve rest. Sometimes that might involve asking for help. Um, I just think it's really important that we learn to communicate, but we can't necessarily communicate unless we know what we're feeling. Mm. So it's quite difficult to say, I need this if you don't know what you need. Yeah. So just taking a little bit of time just to be aware without judgment, but with maybe a little bit of gentle observation. How do I feel at the moment? What, what, what am I feeling? It might be different from day to day because it isn't one size fits all, especially with fitness. Um, you might in the summer have more energy in the winter might have less energy you know mm. we could maybe work with that so we don't have to fit everything into a, a square hole a square hole <laughs> round peg in a square hole <laughs> go with it not yeah just. yeah just keep rolling so you know each day we might feel slightly different and well what do i feel today yeah. what do i need today what would be good for me today and for me it really is awareness leads to communication and when we communicate more, I think we come up with some possibilities. You know, maybe I just need to rearrange an appointment and lie down for 10 minutes. Mm. Maybe I need a bit of fresh air. Maybe I just could say to a friend, I could really do with a bit of encouragement today. Mm. Um, a little bit of reassurance. And I think most people are not asking for help. Yeah. You know, a, we all really need to understand point. that that would be very useful for us. Do you need some encouragement? Or I could, I said that to a friend this morning with a couple of business challenges. I'm not a particularly technical person and I have some with a business venture that I'm involved with. There's some really technical things. I just, my brain doesn't go that way. And I, was like, and I said to a friend of mine, I could really do with a bit of reassurance about this. He said, because I just don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that person gave me that reassurance, but most people are not asking for what they want. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying to everybody. I wouldn't say I, if you're in Tesco's and you're going to the checkout, you say to the the person at the till, "I could really do with some reassurance." In a minute. Um, although I have done that. I mean, I'll ask for it anyway. I don't, I don't mind. It's yeah. a ginger thing. I uh, know. I think. I think. I think it takes a certain person to. The, the thing is, if you do it in a random situation like this, you must make sure that you're ready to not have an overly positive response from the person you're talking to. That's the problem. We, we need to be discerning. Yeah. No, I, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I like recently, you know, I've been having some difficulty and I've been talking to clients about it and, and I'm more than willing to 
communicate in a session with my clients about myself and about what I am feeling and what I have been, what has been going on with me and stuff like that from time to time. Almost in a way to, my clients are very wise people. They're, they're a wide range of society. And actually, I kind of lean on them probably as much as they lean on me. And you actually, you actually lean on them though. Oh yeah, especially when they're squatting. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm all for that. And, um, and, and it's like, and I think I get a bit too frustrated when they don't communicate back with me, you know, like yeah. I've had a couple of clients have mini meltdowns recently. It's like, just talk to me, book a call, talk to me. I give you as much access as you want to me. And do you, I, do you I, think though, here's what I, sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you up. That's okay. I was just saying, you know, I think it's quite challenging. You know, one of the things I'm learning, you know, we, when we're maybe self-aware ourselves or able to articulate we have to understand that people people need a bit of guidance when it's when it comes to communication (laughs) most people don't have the language to communicate how they feel so for example in a typical maybe uh, slightly uh, traditional relationship you know the woman says to the man um, just tell me how you're feeling and the man is like where do I begin I don't know (laughs) so we need to give people some guidance, a bit of pointer. So are you feeling, you know, give them five options. Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling angry? So rather than giving people general, we'll talk about how you feel, especially with guys. And again, that's generalizing, but in my experience, women are usually a bit more emotionally articulate. Um, Not always, but give people a bit of guidance. Like out of 10, how anxious are you out of 10 how you know i mean give people some pointers because it's otherwise it's just like it's a bit like going on a date and someone says tell me about yourself i'm like oh god i usually make stuff up i was gonna say i can't imagine i can't imagine you find that question difficult to answer of course i do i just get bored of it because it's too vague (laughs) right like Tell us, you know, tell us, you know, what you do when you're not working. No. And I normally say, and I normally say you, hopefully. <laughs> oh, God, of course you do. No, I don't. I'm just, <laughs> no, let's totally scrap that. Um, I don't say that. I don't say that. But I, give me, give me you... a direct question. Give me, give me a question that is a little bit more precise as opposed to just tell me what you're feeling. If yeah. you say that to me, I'm like, it's a bit broad isn't it like if you were to say your main five emotions right now what would they be if you were to say your top three things you're worried about right now what would they be so give people some structure a bit of guidance because most people don't have the language and if you give someone like a broad term of why just communicate what you feel it's like well where do i even start let's talk about well what would you say your your stress levels are at the moment what would you say you know your main work concern is at the moment what's would you say that is the thing that is most troubling you at the moment so give people a little bit of structure because especially guys they need it yeah they need it yeah yeah i i was um i was listening to the tony robbins podcast the other day and on that they had a relationship coach and she said that you know she sits down with her her partner or husband each morning and they just say they just like they give they give like four or five uh what's the word she used kind of like not wishes but four or five kind of like working 
plans that they're going to try and work towards you say well it might only just be one actually but she's like today i'm really going to work on listening to you and she'll say that she'll say i feel like i've not listened very well recently and i would say i would say say that again yeah so would i <laughs> and then talia <laughs> would roll her eyes and go another dad joke hold on golly um and she'd uh yeah and she'd be like and and she'd give her relationship she'd give herself one working task for her relationship which is a, a great way of doing it and then in conflict she discussed conflict on it very well and she said about that as in you know you need to say i feel and then and this is how i want to move forward and mm -hmm. and by kind of going through like a plus b should then equal c you're then going to do a lot better rather than it just being i feel i feel i feel or it just being constant emotion you have to you have to process it in a very different way in order to resolve that conflict yeah, and, really and that podcast. thing yeah i mean i'm all for learning to communicate better and understand that most people don't know how to communicate we're not taught how to communicate it's that old cliche when it comes to let's say marriage people spend more time planning their wedding than they do their marriage yeah so but so people need a bit of guidance with that i think it's about asking questions and saying this is how i feel how do you feel um and ultimately when we value ourselves more, I think it improves our relationships because we're not relying on other people as much to fulfill needs that only we can reach, uh, meet ourselves. Yeah. So learning to, you know, self-empowerment is quite important. Mm. Learning to take care of yourself, learning to look after mm. your needs, and we'll always need other people, but we do need to learn how to take care of ourselves mm. so that we are, I, just, I think it gives us a lot more posture in our relationships, in our uh, friendships, that we are, we know our worth. Yeah. So that we, when we are in situations where that worth may be challenged, we've got some emotional anchoring to hold on to. It's a really hard thing, isn't it? To, it's another thing we're never taught. How do you look after yourself? How do you, like, how do you make sure you're number one and you protect things like that? We, we don't uh, yeah. have any data. We don't have any, like, structured curriculum in this country, in the world, probably, on that particular topic. Like, people always say to me, you're so confident. Like, how are you so confident? What have you done to be so confident? And, and I'll say to them, I feel really quite, felt really rubbish today, or I felt very like scared about something today and they're like you really how and i don't even know how i'm how i've created this inner confidence and how i i just feel quite hardened to the world quite well um because a lot of people don't and i i i think people think it's genetic i think people think it's something you're either born with or you're not and i must have in my life i must have had a pattern and a history of things that i've done that is creative who I am today. And I think I it's a very difficult question. Yeah, mm. like, you know, nature, nurture. For me, one, you know, when it comes to how do we take care of ourselves, I think we have to start with we're already good enough, as I said before. Mm. And, you know, again, going, I, I try and use analogies when, the, when I work with clients. Imagine you are, you know, this, the, the car of your dreams, whatever that car is, you're, you know, you're valuable you know you're mm. a hundred hundred grand car mm. how would you take care of it well you would you would find out you'd, you'd find out how to take care of it you would read the manual you would explore you'd like okay well it, it might need this it might need need this it might need that you would put good fuel in its tank you would take care of 
you you know you take it to uh, have it waxed and polished or polished yeah. and waxed or whatever it is. You know, you would. The starting point is if I know I'm valuable. Well, how does a valuable person move? How do they eat? How do they um, how do they communicate? How do they? I'm valuable. I don't need to prove it. And I think what people where people go wrong and our culture doesn't necessarily help is they we get confused between who we really are and what happens to us or what doesn't happen to us mm. so our worth is innate our worth is intact um the circumstances it normally happens in childhood so you you know hopefully uh you're born and you and you're valuable and then things happen in our in our in our childhood where we associate what happens with our worth and those two things get merged so when let's say your parent doesn't pay enough attention we therefore because the way the child's brain works is we therefore interpret that and make that mean that we're not lovable so or i've done something wrong or i need to earn love or i'm not good enough or i'm not pretty enough i'm not clever enough i'm not sporty enough and so then we take that into adulthood where who we are and what we do or what other people think of us is merged with our identity and actually those things those two things naturally want want to merge and i want to encourage people to say you know what who i am or what happens to me they are very distinct mm. so i talk about with clients like let's find that gap between who you are and circumstances whether that's childhood challenges whether that's relationship challenges remember that what happens to you what you think circumstances other people's opinions of you good or bad or indifferent is it's not who you are mm. it's something that is happening in your life and i and again just giving people building up that sense of value in people i think therefore you learn what how to take care of yourself that you're important and we may not always feel it we rarely feel it for me i don't need to feel it i just know it mm. i just accept my worth and that doesn't have to be a shouty jumping up and down thing and actually people that jump up and down saying look at me i'm so confident maybe they're not yeah. we're all we're all covering insecurity i, I am we all are i'm okay we wear a mask I'm, I'm not i'm not yeah we're all doing it and i'm, I'm okay with that yeah. yeah of course i'm we're, most people that are want to be famous want to be wealthy they're overcompensating it's all right as long as it's done in a as long as we know that like mm. why do you think people want to get on tv they want to be seen it's like maybe there was things in their childhood where they weren't seen it's okay we all want to overcompensate for something we lack as long as we know that and we try and keep it healthy then we can use it and work with it mm. yeah i love that i love the way you you talk about the separation of who you are and what's happened to you or what happens to you. It's, um, it's something Richard Nichols talks a lot about as well as a psychotherapist friend of mine. And he's always saying, you know, what happens to you does not define who you are. It does not. All it is, is something that is occurring at that moment in time. Um, and, and we have and, to understand those patterns start in childhood. So no wonder yeah. we child, a child's brain is very malleable. Yep. It's very vulnerable and it will normally associate external things with internal worth so they naturally get merged and that's it's it's quite difficult to untangle that but for me just knowing that that sort of that kind of um distinction mm. that actually i we need just to remind ourselves occasionally that that isn't who i am that's what's happened 
and that we pause before we rush to make it mean something. And yeah. it's usually a negative meaning. Mm. It's usually yeah. a negative meaning. So I'm like, hang on a minute, I'm not, I'm not taking on that, I'm not taking that on to attach that to my worth. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna yeah. do it. Nope. And that has, takes a little bit of practice. It does, it does indeed. Right. Well, uh, right. I, I mean, we're running out of time quickly. Um, I've got a client due in nine minutes. So uh, just to finish, I'm going to ask you, what would you say the top five things are to unleash your inner gorgeousness? One, know you're already good enough. Yep. Two, um, embrace your flaws. Yep which means stop apologizing. Don't apologize for yourself. Oh, I'm Three, always telling people stop apologizing. Yeah. Three, like communicate. Sorry. Communicate. Three, communicate. Learn to express your feelings. Four, um, treat yourself with patience, kindness, and respect. And five, identify what makes you feel good about yourself. And I've got a collection of royal thimbles. Um, I love them. They make me feel good. So if anybody's got a royal collection of thimbles they don't want, I'm your man. But <laughs> fine, let's not apologize for things that make, make us feel good. As long as they're healthy, you know, I'm not saying you should be like, you know, doing crazy amount of drugs at the weekend, but yeah. identify what makes you feel good. And, and if that is a bit quirky out there, that's okay. Yep, yep, yep. I could not agree more and I definitely couldn't have said it better. Uh, Tristan, thank you so much for coming on to The Fitness Solution. Just also very quickly, um, tell people how they can get in touch with you because I'm sure everyone will want to. <laughs> well, um, you can get in touch with me. Uh, you can write me a letter or carry a pigeon. Uh, an old-fashioned way of communicating. I am totally sending you a carrier pigeon. Can you imagine, back in the day, it'd be like my PO box number is. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, you, you know, whenever I hear PO box number, do you know what it reminds me of? Nope. Blue Peter. Blue as, far, Peter exactly. as a child, as far as I was aware, the only place that had a PO box number was Blue Peter. BBC Television Centre, PO box, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm on social media, you know, it would be lovely to meet up with everybody that wants to meet me for a coffee. Maybe that might be something, but mm -hmm. I'm on, you know, Facebook. Uh, Real Tristan Lee at Real Tristan Lee on social media. If you see me in the street, uh, if you've got something nice to say, say hi. If you've got nothing to say, walk on by. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and if you do, and if you do see him in the street, um, your first impression will be one of intrigue. I'm sure. God, it sounds ominous. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like, what the hell is that? Well, I was very intrigued by you when I first saw you. Well, I get that a lot. I'm sure. That's, but, it's, it's not um, a bad thing. It's a good thing. I'm totally loving. I like to cre create an air of mystery around me. Absolutely. Like I am like a, what is it that Winston Churchill said about Russia? That it was a, you know, a mystery wrapped in an enigma or something. That's right. me. Excellent. That's a good way to be. Yeah. As opposed to me, to I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like Sicily getting kicked by the boot of Italy. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Well, there are worse things to be kicked by, let me tell you that. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. But that's, Tristan, another, that's, a, that's another interview. That's another podcast for another day, isn't it? <laughs> Tristan, uh, thank you so much for giving up the time to come and talk to me. Um, it's been it's an been absolute joy. You absolute look after joy. Yourself.
I will indeed. You too, my friend. Peace, love, and protein. High fives and positive vibes. <laughs> Bye! I really hope you enjoyed listening to that episode of The Fitness Solution. I really enjoyed recording it, and I'm sure you can hear that Tristan and I get on very well. He's a fantastic man, and if you want to follow up with him, then please, please, please get in touch with him, buy his book, and enjoy everything he has to offer the world. Right, uh, that's it from me for this week. All I am going to ask is that you, if you did enjoy this episode, please leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, if you can, um, wherever you download this, because it really helps and it helps me and encourages me to keep going, which means a lot to me. Right, that's it from me. Peace, love, and protein. High fives and positive vibes. Ciao.